Father, we sing together, at last he will reign as our king of peace. It's at once and the same, one and the same time, a statement of what is and also a longing for what is still to be. Peace may not be the word best used to describe each of our lives right now. Maybe disruption would be better. Maybe anxious would fit the day. Maybe sad. Maybe lonely. Maybe wondering. But peace? Lord, you know where we are. You know what we bring. You know our heart's hopes and spirit fears. As we gather around the word now, would you meet us where we are? Meet us right where we are. And then in only the way that you can, take us to the place you want us to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon and evening, 3, 4.30, 6, and 10. Which one you going to? You laugh like that was some sort of rhetorical joke or, or, or something like that. Uh, we're not doing four services for our sakes. We're, we're trying to create space so that You'll invite anyone you, may, you know who may need, might like or want to hear the good news of the Christmas story. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. So the invitation is to invite your friends, your family members, your coworkers, your colleagues. Why not? I can't wait, by the way. Jonathan, let me look at the worship folder. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but it's not yet. It's not now. We, we've got to wait. That's kind of sort of the way it is this time of year. This, this December, the season of the year, it, it make, we, the church calls it Advent. You just have to wait. If I'm honest, I'm not really good at it, waiting. Uh, as a general rule, I'm a very impatient person. If I want it, I get it. If I need it, I'd do it. But, but then, then December comes, and you're sort of like, well, it's, I should probably wait. I should probably hold off. And not just the stuff that gets wrapped underneath the Christmas tree. I'm talking about the deeper stuff. The gifts are kind of like metaphors in a certain way, you know? What do you want? It becomes a metaphor for something deeper inside. What do you hope for? What are you looking for? What are you longing for? Family's coming to town. How are they going to show up? You've applied to grad school, but haven't heard back. Surgery sometime in January. Guess we'll have to wait. You're engaged, but not married. You're pregnant. 
You think she might like you, but you're going to have to wait. Anybody know what it's like to wait? You know, you know what it's like to you know what it, you know what it's like to live in the space between, you know, between promise announced but not yet realized, expectation real but not yet actualized. What do you do with yourself in that space? How do you comport yourself? How do you hold yourself in the space between? when not yet is the defining reality of your life and not now is the answer to all the questions. I want you to listen with me to a story. It's a true story. It's a good story. It's going to sound like a Christmas story because um, there's the announcement of a baby and there's a virgin and there's an angel. But this is actually an Advent story. This is a waiting story. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came and said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Mary was perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You'll name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, even in her old age, has conceived, and she's now in her sixth month for her, for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Mary said, Here I am, servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's Luke 1, 26 through 38. You're more than welcome to find it in a Bible near you. Anybody recognize that story? Heard that story once or twice? It sounds like a Christmas story because there's an angel and there's a Mary and there's an announcement of a child, but it's actually an Advent story. It's a waiting story. Mary has to wait. You will conceive. You will bear a son. It's that space between now and not yet. It's that, that space between promise and actualization. Do you know what it's like to wait? Do you know what it's like to live in that space? 
your marriage. Let's, let's start there. Uh, the, the, the once uh, exuberant and joy-filled, I do, and everybody clapped and the music started. It's going to be a good night, good, good night. Given way to the harder realities. It's actually not been that great. And you're wondering to yourself, what have I done? It's the space between. Or your future. When you were in college, they'd ask, well, what are you studying? What do you want to do? And you'd respond with this confidence, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> I'm going to teach. But you didn't get accepted to grad school, and, and, and the job market's kind of tough in your particular field, and you're not really the right demographic anyway. It's the space between. Our world, the, the promise of the summer sunset, the beauty of the sun going down, tapped into something deep, and you're like, everything's going to be all right, everything's going to be okay. There is a designer has given way to political chaos and international arguments, and you're deeply unsettled in your spirit. It's the space between. Anybody been there? Anybody there? You've got to be careful with a story like this one, Luke 1, 26 through 38. You've got to be a little careful in applying it to our lives. After all, this is the story of the incarnation of God. <laughs> it's that once in a universe happening. You've got to be a little tender about, you know, just saying, well, here's the three things you should do then. Can't we just sit back and, like, marvel at it? Except the incarnation is actually, like, by nature inviting us Along the way, Jesus said, I am the way. And so the incarnation is meant to change the way we live, even and maybe especially in the waiting. So here's a word for you if you're, if you're waiting, if you know what it's like to wait. It's from Mary. Here I am, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. If you're the note-taking type, I'll say that again. Here I am. Servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. That's how to wait. Uh, just a couple of things, then we'll head to the table. Uh, know where you are, remember who you are, and by all means, be open to change. Uh, know, know where you are. Mary says, here I am. Uh, in the heart language of the New Testament, it sounds like this. Edu, hedule, Kuriu. Is that helpful? Edu, hedule, kuriu. It almost kind of rhymes. What's fascinating to me, uh, edu is like behold, hedule is servant or slave, handmaid, I prefer, and then kuriu is Lord. There's actually not a verb provided. It's implied, but it's not there. I'm going to get to that more in just a minute. Basically, what I want you to notice now is Mary says, here. All, the waterfall of all of history's promises have, has funneled down now to a single person. The announcement of Isaiah, for to you is born this day. A child has been born for us, has given way to the angel's announcement. 
you will conceive. And Mary says, here, like a teacher on the first day of school taking attendance. Brown, Brown, here. The word means, like, take a look, pay attention, keep your eyes open. Here, it's a second person command. Mary, meek, gentle, mild Mary, you know, the one of the precious figure, moments figurine. Maybe not. Mary's saying, here. Is she shouting at the angel? Notice me. Probably not. The angel noticed her. The angel showed up and said, greetings, favored one. Maybe she's talking to herself. Not in the sort of mumbling down the sidewalk sort of way, but in the, in the way that you've spoken to yourself when you're out on the beach and the sun goes down and you're like, wow. You say it out loud. Whoa. Oh, my. Mary says, wow. Whoa. Oh, my. Here. In the space between, I want you to keep your eyes open to, wow, oh my. We, we, we like to conceive of our world as a closed system. All there is is what the five senses have decided. Predetermined can be possible. Is that, you think that's right? Is it really just all you can see, taste, touch, smell, and hear? Is that all there is? Or is there something more? Is there something bigger? Is there a larger reality at play and unfolding in the world? Keep your eyes open, Mary says. I was listening to an interview. Do you all know the name Rain Wilson? <laughs> Dwight from The Office? Rain, you, okay, for, who watches The Office? The rest of you confess your sins of lying? <laughs> Dwight from the office, uh, not a Christian. Uh, he, I was listening to this interview. He's kind of on this, like, he referred to it as a spiritual journey. Uh, fascinating. Uh, I want you to listen. Uh, Ben's going to play a little bit of it for you. I want you to listen to Rain Wilson, Dwight from the office. Check this out. Um, yeah, there were some flawed elements to it with my family life and stuff like that, but beautiful faith. Had a connection to God, prayer, meditation. Now I don't have any of that. Maybe I threw the baby out with the bathwater when I jettisoned God and faith and by faith and religion. But I was like, let me start. I'm going to start at ground zero, and I need to go on a spiritual journey. And the first question that I undertook was, is there a God? And um, this, because uh, I was like, this, it all comes down to that. It really just all comes down to that. There's no bigger question. We're either a random assortment of molecules that somehow gelled together and formed consciousness and we're having this conversation on your back porch with these weird headsets on, or there is some divine force or power. Something else going on here. Beyond. Did you catch that? Exactly. That's, yeah. Either were this that, random that. assortment of molecules that sort of gelled together and somehow formed consciousness, or... There's something larger going on. Here, behold, keep your eyes open. Even Dwight from the office knows this. <laughs> Mary said, 
in the space between. Know where you are. You live in a world alive to God. You live in a world more than the five senses have predetermined as possible. And remember who you are. Mary says, here I am, servant of the Lord. Edu, hedule, kuriu. There's no verb. It's just, edu, behold, hedule, the handmaid. Kuriu, Lord. The verb is not provided, but it's implied. The verb is I am. Uh, That's a big deal in the Bible. The the, the verb I am. When when God showed up to Moses in Exodus 3 and said, I want you to deliver my people from slavery in Egypt, and Moses was like, whoa, wow, oh my, who shall I tell them sent me? And God says, I am. Tell them I am sent me to you. And then John, the gospel writer, he takes that very seriously. He's the one who has the seven I am's, but the other gospel writers play with it too. And here Mary is, not speaking aloud, but implying, here I am. What is true of Mary is also true of you. The implied I am is with you. If you think I'm pushing this too far, how about Genesis 1, when God, the sixth day, God makes humankind and says of humankind, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. You carry with you the image of I am. It's implied. Every person you've ever seen has the implied I am. Every person you've ever talked with has the implied I am. C.S. Lewis says... uh, the most sacred object in your view next to the blessed sacrament itself is your neighbor, the implied I am. But Mary doesn't leave it implied. She makes it explicit. Here I am, servant of the Lord. That's who you are. Servant, slave, tend to, in my mind, minimize and objectify and even oppress, but handmade. Let's go with handmade. Handmade, tender child of God. Handmade, you belong to Christ. That's who you are. In the space between, in the waiting, remember who you are. You're not the argument you had or the past you can't change, the mistake you made. You are a child of God. You're not the the promotion or the evaluation or the raise. You're a child of God. You're not who knows you or who forgot you or what they said about you. You're a child of God. That's who you are. So in the space between, in the waiting... Remember who you are. I like the way Jürgen Moltmann, a German theologian. The ultimate reason for our hope is not to be found at all in what we want, wish for, and wait for. The ultimate reason is that we are wanted and wished for and waited for. What is it that awaits us? Does anything await us at all, or are we alone Whenever we base our hope or trust on the divine mystery, we feel deep down in our hearts there's someone who is waiting for you, who is hoping for you, who believes in you. We are waited for as the prodigal son in the parable is waited for by his father. We are accepted and received as a mother takes her children into her arms and comforts them. God is our last hope because we are God's first love. That's who you are. For God so loved the world, the Bible announces. I've loved you with an everlasting love, Jesus says. Just as I have loved you is the promise. That's who you are. 
So in the waiting, don't, don't glom on and latch to the quick fix and the, and the hurry up and get it over with. We do that all the time in our waiting. We get angry, we drink, we eat, we diet, we watch, we work, we ignore, we engage. All of it, wait, wait in the waiting. Remember who you are, and because of who you are, you can hold on. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a poem. He's the guy who was killed uh, for resisting Nazi Germany. I'll let you Google the poem. That's titled, Who Am I? I'll just read you the last couple lines. Who am I? They mock me, these lonely questions of mine. Whoever I am, thou knowest, O God, I am thine. Whatever else... Whatever else they say, whatever else you think, whatever else, whatever else, I am thine. Hey, dule kuriu. In the space between, I want you to remember who you are. And by all means, be open to change. Um, Here I am, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Let it be with me. It's going to get a little tedious. Do you mind a little tedium? You do mind a little tedium. Okay, then I'll... <laughs> Amen. Let's... <laughs> uh, let it be with me in the heart language of the New Testament is one word, genoita, which means beginning or creation. It's the same word from which we get our word genesis. Mary's saying, create it in me. Do it in me. Make it happen in me. The idea that Mary's just sort of bowing her head in submission, conceding, okay, whatever, just do it. Not exactly. Mary shouts back, here I am, servant of the Lord. Create it in me. Do it in me. Change me. So often we pin our hopes on the circumstances changing or him changing or her changing or that changing or it changing. Maybe you're the one who needs to be changed. Create it in me. Do it in me according to your word. The word in uh, this time of year we like to use is logos. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. But not in this case. In Mary's case, it's rhema, which is just the good old-fashioned word for saying said. Create it in me according to what was said. She's borrowing from Genesis. She's begging God to change her, to do a new thing in her. In the space between, maybe you're the one who has to change. When I, when I was in college, I wanted to be a doctor. Have I, have I brought this up ever? You ever get the sense I'm working this out on you? I wanted to be a doctor. Now I, I think about my life if I were a doctor. I, I don't want to be a doctor. I couldn't be a doctor. I pass out at the sight of blood. I can feel the germs on my hands when I shake yours. (laughs) Maybe I needed to change. Not some med school admissions committee. I was talking to a kid who graduated from Hope. I talked to him this week, but he graduated from Hope several years ago. He, 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 He majored in social work. He wanted to be a social worker. Now he's in Nepal as a missionary inviting people to follow Jesus. He was talking about how grateful he was for his social work major and then added, I don't want to be a social worker. 
Maybe he needed to change. You get what I'm saying? And the change agent is not your determination to get it right this time, your determination to do it better this time. This is not more that you have to do this Christmas. Created in me, God. Is it, wait, I've heard that before. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. The same God who entered into flesh in Jesus Christ, the infant child, is the one who changes us. Maybe you search me, O oh God, and know me. See if there's any wicked way in me. Maybe you're the one who has to change. Not him or her or it or that. You get, you get my point? You, get, you catching what I'm throwing? We got to quit. There's four services on Tuesday. I got to get my game face on. I got to get my head in the game. Um, here's what I want us to do, though. Uh, I want, we're going to come to the table. Uh, it's going to take probably 10 minutes. I don't know. It'll take a while. Uh, there'll be two stations in the front for the front half of the sanctuary, two on the sides for the back half, one in the narthex for those in the balcony. Uh, as you come forward and then return to your seat waiting for others to be served, or as you're sitting in your seat watching others being, I want you to ask yourself two questions. What, what am I waiting for? And I, I'm not, you know, set the iPhone 11 aside. What are you actually waiting for? What do you really want? And then the second question, what needs to change? What needs to change in me? There's even space in the worship folder, if you're willing, if you dare. Blank space to write down some of the things you're waiting for and maybe the things that need to change. For now, if you believe Jesus is Lord and acknowledge him as Savior, you're welcome at this table. If you're not at that place, if you, if you're, if you wouldn't call yourself a Christian believer, I don't want to ask you to do something that's just not true of who you are and where you are. I don't want to put pressure on you in any way. You're welcome to come forward and simply be greeted by those who are serving at stations, and then uh, we'll all return to our seats by way of the outside aisle. If those who are prepared to serve communion could please join me here.